Alrighty, beautiful people, welcome back to the Virtus Performance Podcast. I have a very special guest with me today, Geordie. Welcome. Thank you. It's, uh, it's good to finally have you on. We've been speaking about this for a few years. We have. It's definitely been a few years we've been talking about potentially doing this. Yeah, and the, uh, the podcast took a hiatus um, for, to allow you to keep doing good things, and then we can see our chat, so welcome. Um, first question for you, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Um... I think it's changed over time, but I think the big thing that gets me out of bed at the moment is um, just following where I'm at, where I'm with my ambition. So um, back at uni, um, really enjoying that. I think that's my biggest motivation. I've finally found something that just like lights my soul on fire. Like I've found something that I'm that's obsessed so with, and yep. if I don't control myself, I'll <laughs> spend twelve hours of nonstop reading and just l- looking into it because I just I absolutely love it. So I'm doing psychology and. Yep. Yeah, just everything about the mind and like working out who you are and why you are the way you are and relating that to my own experience and um, just understanding things. It's just, yeah, absolutely love it. And it's just there, yeah, um, just obsessed with it. So that's, that's what brilliant. definitely what gets me out of bed. That's my main thing, I guess. And yeah, just working towards where I want to go, where I want to be. And yep. yeah, so Bachelor of Psych? Yeah, Bachelor of Psychological Sciences. Yep. Um, where are you doing it? Swinburne. Swinburne. So, yeah, it's half online, half in person. Yeah. Which has been really good. Um, so you can sort of tailor it around um, your own life and how you yeah, want to do good. things. So that's been really good. How far in are you? Uh, so this is first year. Yeah. So I started, I wanted to start in 2020. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, and it was just, uh, I think after 10 years of no school, no learning, anything like that, it was just too much. Like it was just like I'd just gotten accustomed Zero to Zero hundred man. Yeah, two weeks in, um, into uni, I sort of just got accustomed to it, figured out how all right, how I'm gonna do this and then bang, it's all online. They've got no idea what they're doing, I got yep. no idea what I'm doing. I thought, no, nah, I can't do this, I'm just gonna put it off another year and Yeah, which was a bit disappointing, but I think it was the best thing for me because yeah, now, cause now you're rolling. and now I'm all in and I couldn't couldn't be going any better. So yep. what was the thing that pushed you in that direction so you obviously weren't studying and you know 10 years out of school is a long time mm. what kicked you kicked you into gear to get you back into into the uh the educational arts so to speak so it was a bit of a long journey yeah. i think where it sort of started was i used to be i used to work for a timber company um so i was an account manager for them for a few years i worked for them for about five years thanks for giving us timber for the uh for the office oh yeah no worries, no worries. <laughs> Um, and it was good. It, it hit, it hit all the marks for, you know, the money was good. You know, I didn't have to ever worry about money financially. I could afford whatever I needed to. Yeah. Had the company car, the phone, all that sort of stuff. And you know, I was moving up pretty quickly. I was, um, I think I was the youngest account manager of all time when I first became the account manager. I think I was 22 or something like that. Yeah. Um, so you're ticking the boxes. Yeah. So I was doing really well and yeah, I just got to a point where I just, Realize I, I don't like this. I don't like having to be someone to sell timber. Yeah. I don't want to have to, you know, there was, there's, there was always this, there was like this culture within like the timber industry of like, you know, drinking and, yep. you know, just, just being whoever you have to be to get the sale and, you know, just you know, sucking up the people and it just wasn't, wasn't for me and, um, in that industry, it's, it, they all, they all just work for the weekend. It's about making that money and then on the weekend you just go out, yep. you just drink, you get, get Go on, get on everything like drugs and go out to 
clubs and spent all the money and it just wasn't that's not what I ever envisioned myself being and it's not what I ever wanted to do so yeah I think it was just sort of a gradual decline in happiness and got to the point where you know I wasn't eating right I wasn't living right I was miserable and it was just a massive decline gained a whole heap of weight and yeah then sort of um yeah realized that it wasn't for me took a step back from the account managing position and went into sales and then yeah my mental health was in a massive decline just really really struggled couldn't get out of bed some days and um just absolutely hated was there a moment where you're like i've got to change something yeah i think it was um i thought stepping back from the account manager, because it was such a high-pressure position, I thought that might help if I step back and just do, like, a sales position. And even that sales position was the same issues. Still hated it, you know, even a lot less money. And yeah, um, the only vice I had was drinking. Could only get through the week. So that was your escape? Yeah, and it got pretty bad. Um, yeah, it was probably a lot worse than probably what people think. Um, and I think it's pretty relevant for people today as well. Because, you know, there are people that, you know, they hate their job and they got to have a few drinks every night at least yeah. just to, just get, to through get through it, get through, get to yeah. the next day, yeah. And I just got to a point where, you know, all that money I had gone because I spent it all on alcohol yeah. just to get through get through to the day to get to the next day. And um, I think, yeah, I was just absolutely miserable and didn't see a way out of this and I thought I need to make some drastic changes and decided to get back get back to seeing my psychologist. Yeah, and, awesome. And um, start making some real changes. When you are at school, what did you want to do? I had no idea. Yeah. I had absolutely no idea. I had I I was always I was quite intelligent when I was young. Um and I sort of coasted Still through so. primary school. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And then um I sort of coasted through primary school and then I got to high school and then you know, you, you sort of have to put in a little bit of effort and I just didn't put any effort in and um had sort of emotional and social sort of issues, sort of anxiety issues that never really were dealt with and um I think I really put aside um achieving anything in high school um it was just more just just getting through yeah um it was, it was definitely a massive struggle um and it was more just trying to get through it try and move on to something that will make me happy which i never yeah. and then did you just kind of shifted straight from high school to 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 that line of work pretty much i when i finished high school i didn't do very well i only got like a Low, low 50 ATAR or winter score, yep. whatever they call it now. Um, that was a bit disappointing, but I didn't try. So obviously, uh, <laughs> yep. yeah, that's that's what's going to happen. And then I sort of still had no idea. I always thought something business. That's that's all I can narrow it to. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd like to maybe wear a suit and do something in business. Yeah. That's all I can think of. <laughs> yeah. Um, so almost everything. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So then I thought might do a certificate for marketing. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> and you knocked that Business off? Just related. Did the first year and yeah. it was it was good, but again, the same thing. Yeah. Couldn't focus on the work, wasn't really interested in just trying to get through the day and hope that you know, this might lead to something that might make me happy. Yeah. Never really did, so ended up deferring a year and went and worked for a supermarket. So I worked there full time. Yep. Um, stayed there for a bit and I think I stayed there till I was about 20 and yeah, they just again similar issues. Just couldn't find happiness there. Yeah. Um. Just didn't meet things within me that I wanted. Um, for context, for everyone, how old are you now? 
29. So basically a decade of, of trying to figure it out. Pretty much. Are you happy pretty much? Yeah, happiest we've ever been. So it's a good place to be. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think that's, they put, they put so much pressure on you when you're in high school to figure out what you want to do. It's crazy. Where you want to be. And I had no idea. And how yeah. are you supposed to have any idea when you don't even know who you are? Like I was battling depression, anxiety. I didn't even know myself who I am. And I was still trying to figure it out. And I reckon it's taken probably till about 26, I reckon. So maybe yeah. about, th- yeah, three, four years so ago. When was the point where you were at, at kind of your breaking point with your weight and your mental health and things were were going backwards quickly? Um, I reckon it was about, I was, I, was, I had, I've, I'd moved back home. I'm still back home. Um, and I was just drinking. Do as long as you can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I have no, I have no issues with that. I save a lot of money living at home, so it's not that bad. Um, but I reckon, yeah, I'd sort of moved home. I'd been back home for about six months, and I was just drinking every night at yeah. least fifteen to twenty beers a night, crazy minimum. Um, and that's the only thing that would ever make me happy. And if I wasn't drinking, then I wasn't happy. Um, yeah. I'd gain. I, I never really ate that badly. I didn't eat very good. Yeah, but. You know, through with all the alcohol and just no exercise, nothing, nothing in the way of looking after myself at all. Um, got up to about 125 kilos, and then yeah, sort of. I I, th- I do remember one one day where I stood in the scales, stood in the scales, and I saw that number. I thought, yeah. Holy shit! What's happened here? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and there's a, there's a certain point as well when you when you drink that much, you become that much of an alcoholic that. It doesn't matter how much more you try and drink; you're not going to find anything at the end of those. In the, at the end of that <laughs> yeah, slab of beer, at the bottom of beer, yeah. What you what you're trying to chase all those times, trying to feel good and trying to just attract yourself on the world, it it doesn't it doesn't do enough. And I think that's where yeah. people start going deeper and deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole. In that they're trying yeah. to avoid things, trying to not deal with what's going on. That you get so far down that you you, know, you don't even know what you're looking for anymore, and you're just drinking for the sake of drinking because you don't know anything else. And I think that's where I was at. Um, and my family had always been concerned and tried to help as much as they could. But when you're an alcoholic, you you cannot be saved. Yeah. You have to save yourself. Yeah. And you 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 have to be you have to hit rock bottom to be able to know where it is. And then yeah. you have to decide if you want to keep staying down there and you know, drinking and being miserable, or if you want to start trying to make the journey and climb back up and get out and try. What, to make what were those stuff. first few steps? One, what were they like? And then what were they? And how did you? Start to pull yourself out of that because it's um, horrible. The first step was just acceptance. I think the biggest thing with alcoholism is that it creeps up on you. You don't think you have a problem. You yeah. think you can stop. Yeah. You cannot. Unless yeah. you try it, you cannot stop. Um, especially when you're drinking that sort of much. I th- it, it's obviously different for all people. Um, but I think, like, if you, like, I didn't think I had a problem. I was drinking 10, 15 a night. Yeah. And that, it, like, it, it makes you think that, like, you wake up the next morning, you feel a bit rough. Yeah. Um, but you think, oh, if I wanted to stop, I could. Yeah. But I haven't really got anything else going on, so I'll just, you know, I'll keep going. And when I'm when I'm when I'm ready to, you know, start making a change, I'll I'll do something about it. But I think there just became a point where I just realised that I, I really can't stop. So I had to do something about it. Um, so the first thing I sort of did was. Um, um, yeah, see, see the psychologist. So I saw yep. a psychologist from, I think, 15 to 18. So I had a lot of experience with psychology 
back then and then um yeah booked in with that and then um the psychologist I met with was really good he was more a motivational psychologist um so I think it was just by chance that it worked out really well um he was also a psychologist for like AFL footy players yep. and he keeps them motivated and keeps them towards their goals so yeah, awesome. rather than like a preventative sort of treatment of the alcoholism he just sort of ignored that and then said why don't you work on this why don't you work towards something when you yeah. give yourself a reason to quit so, so rather can rather than a don't do this it was a hey let's replace that with good things yeah pretty much because he was also a um like a professional sort of business psychologist as well so he made he um he works with people to try and figure out what you like who you are as a person and what you need out of a career yeah um, so yeah, that that was more of the focus on what we did. We didn't even really talk about the alcohol and that much as well. It was more that was the focus on. I think that worked out really well because that was what my core issue was. It wasn't yeah. that I have a, and I think <coughs> it's just um, for a lot of people, it's not the alcohol that's the issue. It's not the alcohol that that's is, the vice that you're protecting. That's or the you, vice. You're, yeah, you're that, escaping the issue. Yeah, that's the habit that um, that you're stuck in that keeps you down from achieving the things that you need to achieve. Yeah. Um, and it's not just alcohol, it can be anything that you're addicted to that affects you negatively. It can be, you know, food, it can be anything really. Um, and yeah, so we focus on more um, where I'm going and what I want to do rather yeah, than brilliant. Um, what was holding me back. And that, that made a big difference. That sort of gave me an idea, well, uh, maybe I can do something. Maybe I can do um, something that's worth doing. And one of the analogies he sort of gave me was like, you look at all those famous athletes like... Um, like all those footy players and um, those people that are achieving like crazy things like Cam Haynes and Courtney DeWalter. I was yep. really big into um, those sort of things like sort of recently. Like what separates those sort of people to us? Yeah. Then they're not different. They're not a different species. Well, they might be. <laughs> like there is nothing, Arguably. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's nothing stopping you um, from being the best you can possibly be. Yeah. Just your mind, just the way you think about it. If you want it enough... Then you can, you, you can find a way to get there. So yeah. that was that was a massive massive help because um, one of the things he sort of focused on was yeah sort of working it like it's this assessment they do it's called like a Berk, Berkman assessment where they they give you about six hundred questions. It takes a long time to do it. Yep. And they ask all these questions in different sort of ways to sort of get who you are as a person and what you need, and then they sort of match you up against people that have uh, are one hundred percent fulfilled in their career. Um, and if you're uh, this sort of person that enjoys these sort of things, well, this person um, does this career and they absolutely love it. Yeah. So that sort of it really narrowed it down to um, where I should put my focus on. And um, one of the things that sort of came up was, was science. So something I need for myself because I have a sort of obsessive tendency. I need to be continually learning. Like. Yep. My issue with working at the supermarket is there's only there's only so much you can learn at <laughs> yeah. the supermarket. There's yeah. only so much you can learn about putting cereal on a bloody shelf. Like <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, and that that's why I was never happy there. I just remained stagnant. And then yeah. um, another thing I needed was um, like community, and I needed to feel like I'm helping people, and I'm involved in something worth doing. Yeah, selling timber was not worth yeah. doing in my opinion and being around those sort of they're not the sort of people that I want to be around I don't want to be that person yeah. um, that I was surrounded with um, in the timber industry um, and we sort of just after a few sessions just sort of narrowed it down and then and he said well, have you ever thought about psychology 
As soon as he said that, I'm like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> How did I not figure this out 15 <laughs> yeah. years ago? This yeah. makes so much sense. So... Yeah, that's sort of how I sort of got onto it. So it was that moment where you're like, fuck, this is this is what I should be doing? Yeah. Yeah, how it was that? pretty much as soon as we sort of talked about it for about 10 minutes, I'm like, yeah, this makes perfect sense. Like, I, I love all that sort of stuff. I'm always reading books about psychology and yep. you know, about how your brain works and all that sort of things just because I enjoy it. Um, and yeah, I just thought, brilliant, should have figured this out ages ago, but... I'm I'm glad I didn't in all honesty though because I've I've been on such a long journey to get to where I am now. Yeah. If I hadn't have been through everything that I had been through, I wouldn't have yeah. realized just how perfect. And you, don't, and you wouldn't have appreciated no. what you're doing now in any way, shape, no. or form like you do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what was that process like from going to like seeing the psych first time to it's easy to say where you are now because that's effectively where you've gone. But tell, talk me talk us through that journey what it was like, you know, the ups and downs, because you know, undoubtedly it wasn't like, I want to I want to do psych, I'm happy now. Yeah, no, it was it was a lot of ups and downs. And I think this is what people don't sort of, when they talk about their success stories, they don't talk about or highlight as much as how much I failed. I, I struggled so much through yeah. the entire process. I tried to lose the weight. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a hard subject to figure <laughs> out because yeah. you, you can look on the internet and there's a million different ways to do it. And then in those million different ways, they might be different for you depending on your body type. Yeah. Trying to figure out what I need to do to lose weight was just a nightmare. Yeah. And I got, you know, sort of started ticking away at it, you know, you know, remain consistent, get caught up in the stupid fad diets. Like, <laughs> oh, try this, don't eat that. Yeah. Try this, don't eat that. Um, tried all those and eventually got into a rhythm where I could sort of get the weight down. Yeah. I think I got to about 110, 105. Yeah. And then it was just stagnant and then really struggled trying to keep going. Because um, that motivation would have, you know, ebbed and flowed as well. Yeah, right? the motivation goes up and down. When you when you see the weight coming off and when you see progress, it's like, sweet, I just need to keep doing what I'm doing. And then yeah. it gets to a point, law of diminishing returns where that stops. Yeah. What was that like? Um, I think because I'd lost the first sort of 15 kilos, I, I the obsession like ticked in my mind like I, I, re I was doing some good things I hadn't yeah. done anything I hadn't done anything good for a long time or what felt like I was doing good for a long time um, and yeah because of, because I was obsessed with it I was constantly trying to research and what can I do now what what will you know what, what's the next step and you know, it's that stagnant sort of area where I needed to get past and finally enough that's when I joined Virtus and uh, I can I can thank Virtus for the next 30 kilos after that you're a beautiful man yeah um, we facilitated greatness. Yeah, I think I will say it was Virtus was a big help and being around that community. But at the same time, it was all me. I did it all. 100%. Yeah. So, hundred percent. I think that's the um, <clears throat> that's the most important part of any behaviour change. It's like you need to one surround yourself with people that want to see you succeed and that will help bring you along and in an environment where you can do so. But at the end of the day, it's on you. Yeah. And it's all those little things that you constantly say, like just show up, like. You know, do good things, <laughs> all those little things. Like, they may just be minor comments that you say, but they have a significant impact. The same for you me. take them seriously. The same yeah. for me more than anything. And then, you know, yeah. I hope that that spreads a little bit. Well, I think, I think, I think that they have a lot, have a lot more power and sort of gravity than what people think. If you take those little things in the, and then um, use them in your own development and your own sort of progress, and yeah, in like, under, like that, that was always the thing for me. Like, a, let alone just getting to the gym 
like the, the social part of it was always a struggle. I've yep. always been very introverted. I'll only talk when <laughs> I want to. Yeah. Um, it's like Lucy at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. All right, Lucy. <laughs> I, wish, I wish we as adults could do that, right? Could yeah. just be like, hey, I don't want to talk to you. And everyone would be like, yep, no worries. Rather than like, you are you rude piece of shit. It's, it's just the... It's the it's the facade that you got to put on, like oh hey how are you yeah, yeah I'm good thanks what's been going on like <laughs> oh not much same old <laughs> and you just like same conversation just, over and over I don't enjoy that I never have and I can't even pr- try and pretend to yeah. I, I'd rather talk on a real in depth sort of yeah. basis and it's hard to I find it really hard to gauge it with someone else where you go oh how are how are you do you, what what do I say it's, I'm, it's I'm interesting fucking miserable inside do I tell them that or yeah. no, I have to give them the <laughs> socially accepted side but that's an interesting thing right it's like well. You know, you could, I could argue that if you had that conversation, then you're bringing real depth to the conversation straight away. But oh, then also yeah. there is there is time and place for small talk and just, and like the first layer of building connection is that Yeah. for a, for a lot of people. So we, if we kind of go, and I've done, I've been like this in the past and I'm trying to, you know, I've been trying to shift away from it. It's like, I hate small talk. It's not, small talk's a waste of time. It's like, well, no, because it allows you to, to open up and like, it's good and bad and everything. Yeah, I suppose it's the entry point. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. It is the entry point. Entry but when you're having the same conversation with the same person, that's when it's. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think I sort of that was that was a big thing I sort of struggled with first coming to Virtus. Yeah. Because what had you done? What did, what had you done training wise prior? Um, I was just at core, and I would go. I, and I, I actually really, I really fondly back at it. I would go to core about yeah. nine, ten o'clock at night, just no, with my brothers. No one was there. Yeah. No one there, just me and my brothers just mucking around, yeah, listening to music, just, you know, my, my my middle brother, he's a personal trainer, so he, he knows, he, he gave me an idea of what know, to what do, yeah, and awesome. stuff like that, and yeah, it was just really, really good. Um, yeah, it's only so, only works for so long, yeah. um, doing the same sort of stuff, and yeah, I had to change it up a bit. But Running? Yeah, well, running, running came down the line at about, I think I got to about 90 kilos, so what do you sit at now? Uh, eighty three. Eighty three. Yeah. Yeah. So you got a forty two k kg journey. Yeah. Oh, I got down to about seventy six. Yeah. And then, um, sort of wanted to you know, muscle up a bit, and then you yep. know keep keep it's the fat off, juicy. put the muscle on. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Still haven't figured that out. That's yep. t- that's the that's the next goal. But, um, yeah, got to, yeah, I think about near ninety kilos, and then I just needed something different. Like I like. I really, I liked the, I liked, I liked the routine of Virtus and um, the obsessiveness of Virtus. But yeah, sort of, I sort of, well, like different. the weight was good, but I felt yeah. like the, the physicality was sort of getting stagnant. I just wanted yep. something where I could really, really push myself because there's only so much you can do in an hour at yep. Virtus, um, doing the group training stuff. But, um, yeah, there was a few sessions where we did where we, there was a bit of running involved, and I liked the the mental battle of it, like just just yep. the park laps. I think there were a lot of them in the program. Yeah. Um, and I really, really enjoyed, like, see, like oh, I've always had a, a competitive streak where I, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I don't have to be first, but I cannot be last. And <laughs> yeah. I, and I would just, it's not a good habit to have. You should never compare yourself when you're trying to work in your own <laughs> development, but it's so hard not to do. Yeah. Like, I'd see, like, you know, you know Big Jordan running oh, around mate. his legs. He's a gazelle. He strides to... <laughs> Enormous, so I'm yeah. not catching up with him, but uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be miles behind. Yeah, so I'll just try and see how I go around the park lap and just keep up. And yeah. I really like that battle in yeah, your mind of just keep going because, yeah, my body feels like exhausted, but like, yeah, I can keep going. Um, and then I sort of just took that outside of Virtus and 
um, sort of did it off my own accord, started getting into running a bit, and then then that obsession trigger ticked again. Yeah. Um, absolutely loved it. And then, yeah, COVID hit, and that's what you could really do. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think you were the same, weren't you? Mate, every I, single uh, Every second day I ran during that first lockdown, I got the fittest, probably not, yeah, probably probably the fittest I've been long distance for a long, long time yeah. back, you know. I'm probably like 15 kilos heavier than <laughs> than I was when I used to run. So, yeah. so I think that that was brilliant, just from a mental health perspective and an escape and outlet. Like, yeah, I think um, Coop and I were talking about it on our podcast. We we're thinking about signing up for 50k, yeah, 50k um, trail run. And I'm there's part of me that dreads it because you know, it just makes me think of preseason and thinks of training for for it. But I'm like, I just want to be fitter running wise. Yeah. So it was. I, know, I look at I look at that part of COVID and it was like it sucked but it was brilliant for how many people went from doing no running to going I actually kind of like running and mm. I think this is a Mitch, Mitch Rowe quote but if you if you hate running it's probably because you suck at it because mm. you don't do any running yeah <laughs> and it just ends up being a negative feedback loop yeah it's it's one of those things that I can see why you might hate it at first but like if you're, if you're in that mindset oh I've hate this I'm going to do this but yeah. I hate this like you're going to hate it you're going to hate it yeah. but if you try and think about it positively like I, I remember when I when I was first starting to lose weight, and I was, I thought, oh, I'll try. Apparently, running is good. I might try some running <laughs> at one twenty k's. Yeah, at one twenty, I reckon I go about two hundred meters. Yeah. I thought, oh, this is shit. Yeah. Um, but if you're one hundred twenty k's and you haven't done any running, don't. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> There's other thousand ways to start. Yeah, start a bit easier. But yeah, definitely during COVID, uh, getting into the running was really good. Um, one of the biggest th- things I really liked about it was you you can improve your running so quickly. If you're consistent, yeah. all you got to do is be consistent. You don't have to yeah. be good at it. Just you can replace it. that running word with anything. Yeah, yeah. If if you are consistent, you will improve. Yeah, and I think I think that's running was a really good sort of example, I guess, to get to help with like the mental health sort of things and the um, like the alcoholism sort of things. Yeah. Is I got good at running just by doing it once or twice a week, yeah, um, and then just seeing if I can go a little bit further each time. Yeah. Not putting too much pressure on myself, running on, on my own accord, not looking at other people's Strava distances <laughs> yeah. or like well, kilometers and stuff like well, that. We've we've got guys in here and and friends that have gone through the maybe competing and the triathlon stage, and I even do it sometimes. It's like oh, I used to be able to run a fifteen hundred in this time, and now I'm like two minutes slower. Yeah, and you've got to re- remove yourself from that. And if deleting Strava is the thing, delete yeah. Strava. Yeah, it can be good to keep you motivated at the same yeah. time. It'll 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 cut you down, but you just can't let it cut you down. Yeah, it's just a self-awareness thing, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but then, yeah, running running was always really good in that. You know, improved the fitness, but it was just that. I, the biggest part of it I love about running is the the mental component. Um, it's not about, you know, like how good you are at running. It's, like, it's how long can you, like, keep your mind going. Because yeah. your mind does all the work. <laughs> like, your legs, your legs know what to do. Yeah. Like, your autonomic nervous system sort of just keeps it going yeah. you can keep ticking it over like you might feel it like you might start getting a stitch or something like yeah. that but you can keep going yeah you get into a rhythm and it's just around and keeping yeah. that ticking over yeah and I loved I loved getting into that rhythm when you get to that like perfect spot where you're tired but your mind's feeling good and you just keep going and going and going and going yeah and yeah I, I just got really obsessed with it and I was I was getting to, to I think when I was getting Pretty good. I was probably getting up to about 20, 25 k's. Yeah. And then the only thing that would stop me then is time. So <laughs> well, I've been doing this for two getting, hours. I better go. <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting late. It's getting dark. Yeah. I should probably turn around soon. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I was get yeah, it was really really good. Really enjoyed like really pushing that sort of far and yeah, there'd be some days it'd be harder and you have to put on like a like a David Goggins podcast <laughs> to really push you over the line. Yeah, yeah, you go. Was that around the same time you got into listening or paying attention to what Goggins and and um, Courtney DeWalter and Cam Haynes and those kind yeah. of people were doing? Yeah, I I think I think yeah, those I, I'm I, I was talking to you a bit about it as well because um, I think he's he still start, started popping up on like Joe Rogan's podcast yep. a bit and he was being talked about and then Cam Haynes and um, Courtney DeWalter as well um, yep. and then once you like look into them, it just keeps appearing on like your, your social media feed. <laughs> beautiful pixel. Yeah, just following you around the internet. It's only probably the only good thing you can get out of you know those algorithms. I mean, you can you be want. real tactical, right? Like I was talking to mm. one of the boys this morning. He's like, "Yeah, I want to buy a couch," and I was like, "I'll oh, just Google Koala couch and just watch the discounts follow you around the internet yeah. for the next two weeks. Yeah. They'll, they'll get you. They'll get they you. can find a way. They will." Um, yeah, so that was really good. Yeah, um, yeah, and that sort of got me under there. That just sort of reaffirmed all the stuff I did in my. Um, yeah. What did you learn from those people? Um, I think the. The big, the big one's Courtney DeWalter. She's just, just the tiny little lady. She's like <laughs> yeah. beers and nachos. And then she'll run a 240 fucking mile race. Mental. And she, she'll look tired, but she's like, yeah, I'm yeah. right. <laughs> just keep going. You're crazy. It's like, like, how are we the same species? Like, what makes you... I mean, that's you, almost 400Ks. It's, what it's is, stupid. Yeah, what <laughs> demons are in her mind for <laughs> her to be able to push herself like that? Like, I just... I'm absolutely fascinated. Like, what, what does it take yeah. to be... Like that, like what, what can keep you going like that? Like we've all been, like when all, everyone knows what, like you know, when you get that running, when you get to that stage in running where you're just you're in a lot of pain and you want to keep going, but yeah. you just think, oh, no way, like, I'm done. Yeah. How do you, like how does she push past that like that? Because I just I find that absolutely fascinating. I've yeah. always always been interested in that, like even more so than the, the actual running. It's just the you know the, the mental component of it because it's all it's it's predominantly mental. It just keeps it keeps you going, but. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's a physical capacity that obviously you need to an extent, but what we can do external to that is is crazy. Yeah, you've been following Ned Brockman over the last twenty five days. Nah, so he's running. If you if you haven't seen this guy, it's phenomenal. So he's running from uh, Perth to Bondi. He's trying to do it to beat the record in forty days. So basically, yeah. hundred k's a day. So, yeah, um, and just. Watching, watching his stories and his wrap-ups of each day and every day it's just like, here's a quote, you know, get after it, you know, here's the song of the day and you just see videos of him crying and laughing and, and like, you know, his feet are mangled and his shins are blown up and all this stuff's happening and it's just like, it's the epitome of the human spirit to be able to just go, this all sucks but I've set myself this goal so I'm going to get it done and, you know, look on Strava and he's just clocked up another 100k he's just like fuck what a yeah. maniac and I think it's phenomenal because we like even what we were talking about before with school and things like that we create like boxes for us as individuals in terms of what we're capable of and what we're able to do and what we where we might be able to head and you see these people just go fuck the box and just go bang straight through it and go there's this whole world out there unexplored yeah that each one of us can dive into if we really want to yeah I think that's the biggest thing I've learned is that in constructing that box of your capabilities you're only limiting yourself like yeah. if, you, if you if you think oh, I'm not that kind of person um, I'm too old to go back to uni <laughs> or yeah. I, I, I don't think I, I don't think I can ever stop drinking or I'm not much of a runner I'd like to but I don't, it's not for me like yeah. you're constructing your own limitations stories we tell ourselves exactly if, if you 
you know, if you compare yourself to others and where what other people are doing, then you're just going to hinder yourself. But if you if you really put in everything of your own ability, and if it's something you want, you will you'll get at it, and you can achieve. Like I, I never thought I'd be able to run twenty twenty five kilometers, and then the only thing that stopped me was, was getting dark. <laughs> yeah. um, I never thought I'd be able to do that, and like I think. When I went, I, I got into like um, cycling as well. I think the second bike ride I did, I thought, oh, I'll start early, see how far I can go. <laughs> oh, yeah. I went, went to the city and back, and I was like, oh, I'm getting on 100 k's now. Isn't that crazy probably. that you just like go to the city and back? As someone that hasn't jumped on a bike, you would be like, fuck that, it's never going to happen. Yeah. But like you could run there and back tomorrow if you really wanted to. If you really like, yeah, you might throw up a few times. You might need to fall down. You might you have to sit down and yeah. cry a little bit. But <laughs> yeah. if you, you really want to, you can do it. And I think that's that's relevant as well to when you're in the depths of anxiety, depression, despair. If you're in the, if you're at rock bottom, you still have that capacity. It's just it's a there. lot harder because you're you know, in that negative sort of mind space and you don't think you can get out of it. But you you really can. Um, let's talk, let's talk about that mental health side of things and, and <clears throat> anxiety and depression and, and being through it. And I assume you still go through it, you know, ups, ups and downs. <clears throat> what was it like and what have you learned from it? Um, yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing is that it's always going to happen. It doesn't matter how good you think you are. There's yep. always going to be mental health issues. You got to know how to deal with it. You got to learn how to deal with it. I've been seeing a psychologist since I was fourteen. Yep. I mean, fifteen. Um, I'm twenty nine now. I, I still see a psychologist. I, I haven't touched alcohol for at least a year. Um, how good? Um, had my ups and downs with that as well in yep. recovery, but yeah, I haven't touched it. I'm probably at a point now where I'm really good. I don't need it at all. Um, you know, don't have anxiety. I'm pretty confident these days. Um, but I still see a psychologist once a month. Yeah. It's it's the most important. Like, we go to the gym every day or, yep. you know, try to go every day. Every day. You know, you go to sleep at night. Yeah. Um, you know, you work out your body. You, you rest your body and your mind. But you don't work out your mind. You don't yep. work out, you know, what's going in, in your, on in your head. And yep. I find that bizarre that... That there's not much of an emphasis on it, and there's a stigma against it. Like it's fascinating, isn't it? I I cannot I cannot believe that. You know, well, I can't believe it. But yeah, it's it's still still going on, and especially in like men, men, it, it's it's heartbreaking to see that you know people go through the, all these issues, and just because you're a man, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't have to talk about your emotions, and you, you just deal with it, or you have a beer and or you get over it. <laughs> just this yeah. this whole macho sort of persona yeah. of it, and it's and it's that that's a Massive driving factor for me to get into psychology is I want I've I've been through that and I I took the hard route and I definitely didn't share as much as I should have I really struggled by myself yep. and it was horrible yeah and I think if I just had the courage to reach out a little bit man I would have made I would have been where I need to be much sooner yeah um so you made a hard journey harder yeah made it made it horrendously harder um. Yeah, that's it is. It is of your own accord to try and move out of that sort of space. But yep. if you don't let in, let anyone in to help you, then it's going to be even harder. Yeah, I've um, always loved the idea that 
every, every problem on earth has a solution. If you don't ask, ask for help, no one can help you. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the massive. That's a massive thing as well, and especially with the, like the, the rates of male suicide. And like, I think everyone, everyone would know someone that's, you know, been through that sort of thing, or yep. maybe you know has killed themselves, and you just think, well, what what, what if I said something? What, what are we doing? Yeah, there? like. You know what? what like, why didn't you know? Why didn't they ask for help? Or you know, I could have helped. Or you know, there's all these sort of things where you, I guess you. you I, I just wonder, like, how how do you move forward? How do you move forward past this stigma? And yeah. Do you think it's changing? It? I think it is changing. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a, it's slowly changing. Um, there's a lot more sort of resources out there, which is good. I think it's easy. It's easier now than it's ever been to reach out. Yeah. There's still that stigma there. It still makes it really hard, especially not for the person actually going through the issue, but also yeah. for the people that want to reach out. Like, how yeah. do you reach out to someone when they're in the worst place that they could possibly be? They just yeah. cannot get through the day. Um, they don't, it, they, they're just not, if they're feeling that bad about themselves, they, they probably don't want to admit that you know, I'm feeling this bad and they don't want other people to know what they're going yeah. through. Um, like, how do you convince them that you know, that's, it's not wrong for them to feel that way yeah. and that? that it's more common that they think and um yeah it's just it's a tough sort of thing to we're obviously not going to fix a mental health crisis in a in a podcast but what what do you think needs to change now you've you've been through it you have that experiential learning from you know having suffered from depression anxiety for a long time now you're studying psychology and you're seeing different um Different elements of society push it forward, and different elements of society still holding it back. What do you think needs to change? Slash, what would you do? I think I think the stigma of it needs to be addressed. I yep. think the stigma of you know, talking about your emotions is not a manly thing to do. That needs to be addressed. And yeah, um, like I think that can be resolved around community. Like I think within the Virtus community, like I talk to you about a lot of stuff. Talk to Cooper about a lot of stuff, yep. and I think it's a very open sort of community. Um, where you can share that sort of thing, and if it's propagated and people feel welcome within that community, they can talk yep. about it. I think it, I think it happens a lot in footy clubs as well. Like it's, it's getting infinitely better. Like yeah. we <coughs> we have a a few things that we do at the club, and we talk about it, and and you know, the leaders will stand up and share certain things, and then we we do it as a group. And <coughs> like I've been playing senior footy for well, 13, 14 years now, and I've there wasn't any of that. Mm. back in the day and now it's a very regular thing um and we do it every couple of weeks so i think it's something that's definitely growing and it's almost like i look at coffee shops and gyms and football clubs as like you know 21st century churches is there yeah. there a space for people to to co- collaborate and connect and do something maybe around a, a common goal but you know maybe around individual goals like a gym is um and i think the more of these places that we have and the more energy and vulnerability that we can put into them the better the whole society is going to be yeah yeah i agree especially i think it helps having that catalyst that you know we're, we're here to work out we're here to go to the yeah. gym but, but let's then, talk about important shit let's have a chat yeah. yeah yeah i think that's really good with like footy too you know you can you can involve like one of the most masculine sports and you know, <laughs> yeah. you beat each other up out in the yeah. field and kick the footy around and then you come and you know, have a chat like what's going on what's yeah. actually going on you're right yeah it's it's been pretty phenomenal just to see and share myself, but see other people share and, and talk about the stuff that's going on. Yeah. Um, and we've got some be- brilliant local charities starting to grow and build into um, 
into organisations that are helping facilitate these things. Um, we will have a Virtus Men's Night in a few weeks. Um, make sure you're here. Oh, but, yeah. but we're going to be, we're going to be, um, you know, we're about connecting and getting around each other. But more so, we'll, we'll, we will um, open up some opportunities for people to be vulnerable and and kind of create a space where people can, where men especially, can chat. Yeah. Because it's certainly not. Um, not just a men-only issue, but it's one that's you know certainly highlighted um, in the statistics that yeah. men are shit house at yes. expressing themselves and and talking and being vulnerable like they should. Yeah, there's of course you know, issues across the board, you know, across gender. Um, yeah, but I think men can help other men with it. You yeah, know, like I think there's a certain sort of way you can sort of talk about it. Of course, you know, there are women you can talk to and yeah. they're probably way better than us. <laughs> I find that my friends yeah. and girls are way better at talking about issues. But yeah. um, if you can really push and um, talk with your guy mates, I think that's that's really valuable because yeah. you never know what's going on with someone as well. And maybe yeah. maybe it's just that one day we ask them, you know, what's going on? Are yeah. you actually all right? Like you, you might get them on a day where they think, Oh, maybe I can open up. Yeah, and even and even if you don't get them on it, if they're on a day where they're like, I don't want to talk, like a week later when they're feeling better, and they might hit you up and say, Hey, let's go, let's go for coffee. I do need a chat. Or, yeah. Um, and I think it's it's one being there, or it's one asking for, you know, what can I do? But it's another thing just people knowing you, that you're there. Yeah, I think that's a big thing for people that really struggle as well. Is they don't want to be a burden on someone. They don't want to unload all their issues, yeah. and then for you to not know what to say and go, Oh, that's shit. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, do you want a hug or like? Yeah, yeah like it's hard in that you want to ask, you want to be there, you want to care for them, but you got to know what to say. Yeah. Um, and I think there is an emphasis on telling people to speak up. Yeah. There's not enough evidence. Ever. Yeah. Uh, there's not a not enough. Sorry, not enough emphasis. Emphasis. <laughs> we got there. <laughs> on um on what to the say. Recipients when, on yep. what to say. And the biggest piece of advice I can say: don't say anything. Yeah. Just listen. Yeah. Let them say what they need to say, and then if they sort of slow down a bit and sit, just uh, oh, tell me more, or yep. if they're talking about a specific thing, yep. ask them questions. Like show interest, yep. and show that you're listening. Don't yep. don't be on your phone. Don't look away. Like don't look, say look them in the eye. Look Here's them, what you need to do. Look yep. at them direct on, and yep. like really show that you're engaged. Don't try and solve their problems. Like yep. you're <laughs> not qualified. You, <laughs> I'm not qualified. Like you're not yep. qualified to. To solve their problems for them, you don't you don't know what's going on in their head. You don't know how they feel about things. You don't know what what else is going on. Like just listen to them, let them vent. Yeah, that's what most people need. Just yeah, a, like a place to be able to vent and like express how they feel. And then if, you know you, you might be able to get to a point where you can sort of say, well, I've you can sort of relate on sort of similar things, and I've been through this. Like yep. this sort of helped me. Um, but you don't want to. You don't want to like direct the conversation to then talking about you and just you. Like it, it is yeah. on that person that they've reached out to you. You need to be really respectful that they've yeah. allowed you in on something that is maybe causing them unbelievable emotional turmoil. It's it's yeah, it's real. It's really hard to be like a good listener. I think, um, and that's what you got to do. You listen. Yeah, yeah. And I think it just needs more more emphasis more emphasis on that. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's universally. I look at it and kind of. There is nothing more universal than struggle, and that mm. like and the human suffering, like that is, <laughs> is the human condition. So I think, yeah, if we can understand that for a moment, reflect on it, and go, okay, well, I know that everyone's going to struggle it and suffer it at times. I want to be a a beacon, or I want to be a safe place, so that people can 
express that that suffering and that struggle. Yeah, especially in this day and age as well, where everyone's everyone's putting up their their best the, the best quality picture of like, oh, my life's perfect. I'm I'm all good. You know, with all yeah. social media, which I think is a poison. By the way, I think all social that's media not good for you. I think connectedness is good, yeah. but. Like Instagram, when you're putting up photos, it's a, lo- it's a long conversation, life. right? Yeah, we we could do a whole podcast. Like <laughs> that, I think, but, um, getting away from that and just surrounding yourself in an authentic community of real people yeah. that you can be real with—that's where you got to start. Because when I first, when I was, you know, at Bowen's, I was around people that um, they weren't, you know, mindfulness and you know, psychology. Yep. Or not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, have a beer. Um, <laughs> They're just the, they're the wrong people to be around. If yeah. you if, like, if if that's not you know, if they're happy living that sort of way, that's yeah. good for them. But that's not. I I personally don't think for my for my own benefit. I yeah. didn't. I shouldn't have been around those people when coming to Virtus and being around people that are you know, doing good things and being the best that they can. That's where you need to start. You need to be around good people. Surround yourself around good people um, that you know are going to be willing and receptive to to listen. And yeah. It's amazing the progress you can make when the people around you want the same things. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that this place has taught me more than anything. It's just, you know, like there's, like there's days, like we made this place, but there's days where I like, I can't be fucked doing anything. And I'll just come in and chat to a few people and 20 minutes later I'll be like, all right, I'm on. And, and the only thing that shifted was I just surrounded myself with good people. Um, you know, I'd, I'm so much of a better version of me when I'm, in spaces like this and I, you know, I'm awake and I'm up and about and I'm, I'm connecting with people. Um, so if for the people that are struggling, find a space like this. doesn't have to be Virtus, but a football club, a netball club, a, a sporting club in some way, shape or form. Like I love that the, um, reflection that sport has on life. Mm. Um, the ups and downs of failure, failures, the triumphs, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, and at the end of the day, you do it with a bunch of people. Um, and if you don't play sport, it's okay. There's, you know, many other spaces yeah. you can do that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about your studies because I love how excited you get yeah. <laughs> talking about it. Yeah. Um, what's been, and and part of this conversation is going from not studying for ten years, not really trying at high school, to now doing a bachelor of psychology, which you know my sister's gone through. It is not the easiest thing in the world. What's the last two years of starting stopping and then getting started again what's that taught you and what have you learned um yeah so it has been a bit of a, a struggle to get here i've always been i've always been like a creature of habit like i i don't i really struggle doing new things and anything that's unknown i've always really struggled with that i get a lot yeah. of ang- like anxiety about it um but it was just sort of trying i i, you know, I tried a covert and um, I did the best I could, but I realized I had to pull back. You know, it's not, I wasn't happy with it, but yep. I just took what I could from it and um, learned from that, um, which then, you know, gave me a bit of a leg up the next time I tried. So the um, the next time I tried, I... A really um, good life lesson right there. Yeah, the next time I tried, I went in... So, so COVID, I got, got two weeks in, yep. and then got shut down yep. all online. And then the next time I tried... Um, I was I got I was really struggling with alcohol again, so the alcohol yep. came back. Um, um, just couldn't stop, just constantly drinking, and um, I was just in a, in a habit of avoiding everything. 
just trying to stick into this place that I know of you know, being at home, drinking, yep. not having to deal with anything. Um, so that I, I really struggled with that. I just couldn't commit to uni and I, I thought, oh, I'm going to have to put it off again. I can't, I just can't do this right now. I need to sort yep. myself out. Um, so that was really, really, really difficult because I've, I've struggled with alcohol for so long and it, it just, it never ends. Yeah. Recovering alcoholic, I'll tell you now, it never ends. Yeah, it's you never. Are, you're going to yeah. struggle for the rest of your life. And I've, I still do every now and then, but now I've got a good handle on it and yep. where I know when the triggers are going to come up, I know what to do when they come up. Yep. Um, and the key point is there is, is persistence. Like I've been around a lot of al other alcoholics that are in recovery as well. And you're going to fall down. You're going to fuck up. You're yep. going to drink again. It's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to know what to do. You're going to know how to get yourself back up. Don't throw the baby out of the bathwater when it does. Yeah. Yeah. When you, fall, when you do fall over, don't just go, fuck it. Yeah. 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 You got to, yeah, keep trying. Yeah. Um, Cause you're always going to fail. You're going to fail at everything you do. You yep. just got to keep trying. Um, and then, yeah, 2022. So this year, I, um, so my last, my last drink was the 26th of February, um, which was a couple of days before I was going to start uni. Yep. So I really left it to last minute. Um, but I really, really put, put the emphasis on myself. Like, this is it. Like, if I, I don't want to. I'm. I'll, I'm going to get really do some damage to myself. I feel like I can't commit to this. Like it's going to cost me a lot of money again. <laughs> yeah. If I'm going to have to pay for another year, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not actually doing it because there's only so much you can defer. With, and then they're like, well, the "Do you do you this doing? or not? <laughs> yeah. like, what are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I really, I put in everything this time. I reached out to like the counsellors at Swinburne. Said, "You know, I'm going through you know, alcohol withdrawal, and yep. um, I really need some help." And, they were really good. They're How good they awesome. They've yeah. got all the facilities there. Like, yep. um, had a meeting with um, this guy named John. He's like the guidance counselor, and he, um, yeah, helped me through it, and <coughs> you know, helped me set up my timetable, and made and he kept me accountable, and he would email me once a week, and yeah, he'd tell me oh, how you going. You're good. What and, a king. <laughs> and he he got to know me a little bit in a few weeks, and he, he like don't bullshit me tell me how you're yeah, actually going that's awesome. don't give me the face value well, I want to hear what you're actually going yeah that was really good and like I didn't have to pay anything for that he just yeah. he just did it it was really good um so that really helped um mostly because I I I, I took the chance and reached out and I got my, it worked out brilliantly and really yeah. came back so helped me get into the swing of things and um yeah I've been all over it since yeah awesome. haven't I think I've got the extra motivation now with the alcohol is that I've made it so far. I've done so well. Yeah. I want to see how far I can keep going. It's yeah. that running analogy again. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm at 20 Ks now. <laughs> yeah. How much further can yeah. I keep going? And it's, it's getting easier. That's awesome. Um, and that's, so. that's such an important like lesson there is like you reach out for help and they didn't have to help you, but they, they did. And, um, one of the things I said to our, we had, had a chat with our interns the other day about like career and where you're going and, and behavior change and what you're doing and stuff. And I'm just like, everyone wants to help. Mm. Like, in a nutshell, you know, I like to think everyone, but let's just go with everyone. Everyone wants to help. And if you stick your hand up and say, I need help with this, and it might be, you know, reaching out to someone in a job you want to go, hey, can I spend some time with you? Or can, can I have a chat about what you're doing? Or, you know, if you're starting a business, talking to someone that's already started a business, or if you're starting a uni degree and you're, <laughs> recovering alcoholic and you go hey I need some help with this people want to help mm. like you know very few people will just go like nah fuck you yeah um, you know at face value I think everyone, everyone wants to help so it's a really really important 
lesson there is just ask for help. Yeah. Um, let's talk about future. So what does the next couple of years look like from a study perspective? And then what are your, what are your ambitions for your career now? So I'm, I'm, I've been very confident this year. So I've done, I've done really well so far. Um, first semester, second semester, I'm going pretty well. Um, I'm having no issues with it. Awesome. I've always been, once I apply myself, I can, I can really learn quickly. And now yep. I'm comfortable in it. Like the sky's the limit. I, I can, I'm really confident. So next year's I'm going all full time. I'm going to yeah, be doing sick. extra in between studies. Awesome. Um, so I'm going to be doing like an extra certificate for and during like the winter period. I'm going to try and catch up from this first year as well. And then, yep. so study all the way through, um, which would be good because yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. And I actually, I actually hated the break between semesters. <laughs> yeah, like what am I doing? Yeah. What uni student would say that? Oh man, I remember uni, I was like, yeah, seven weeks off. And now I look back and I'm like, Dude, you could have got the degree done twice as fast. Yeah. An idiot. Yeah, I absolutely love it. So yeah. I'm going to just do as much as I can and awesome. stick with it. And Still a long way to go. Still got at least three or four years. Yeah. So the goal is to get into clinical psychology. So that's three more years of the bachelor. Yeah. Honours and two years master's minimum. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, that's all possible. and For sure. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the plan. Is there an end goal? Is there an end game that you, you want to be... Um, you know, you want to be clinical practice, or you want to be in research, or um, it's so I'm. It's all pretty much open ended at the moment because yeah. I'm loving all of it at the moment. I can't really narrow down <laughs> where I want to go. To. <laughs> I asked you, I asked you before, your favorite subject. I fucking love it all. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. I just even even the stuff that you think, like they they I don't know why they they do this in uni. Like the the lectures and stuff, they're going, oh, you're going to hate this. Oh no, you're all going to yeah. about it. Like, don't talk about it <laughs> like that. Like yeah. like. Well, you like just pre-frame something and it becomes a self-fulfilling yeah, prophecy. Yeah, and then, the, like, I'm, the other students I'm around, they're all like, oh, man, I hate it, shit. I'm like, I fucking loved it. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Even, like, like statistics is one that they don't like in psychology. I hate statistics. I love it. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I'm and not built for statistics. Yeah, I've, I've, it just gives you a framework of how you should be looking at things. And yeah. I, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, but, yeah, I think, yeah. Overall, I think yeah, down clinical psychology. So I'd like to, yep. um, you know, do you know help people um, clinically. Um, but I'd also like to get into drug and alcohol rehabilitation. Yeah. Um, so that's that's that certificate. I'm going to do a certificate for mental health. It's like a, it's normally a six month course, but if you're doing a um, undergrad, it they can condense it down to a six week. Yeah. Um, and because it's such a demand out there at the moment, yeah, they put you in placement. And I've heard that you know, once you're in placement, you can get a job really quickly. Yeah. So awesome. I'd love to get into that, and I've got I've got the experience of going through my own sort of um, issues with alcohol. I think I can really help other people because yep. um, that's that's something that unless you've been through it, you, you've got no yeah. idea what it is. It is the hardest thing you could possibly go through. Like it's gonna sound it's gonna sound arrogant, but losing the, losing fifty kilos fucking easy. Yeah, like lo- like getting past alcohol. I mean, it's, re- it's just relative. Yeah, right? yeah. It was it was so hard, and unless yeah. you've been through it, like it's you, you just cannot explain how bad it is. Um, I think Euphoria season two at the end, um, Rue's talking to a sponsor. They're at the diner. Yeah, he does this like two and a half minute monologue of what it's like, and he talks about how um, like he would steal things and he'd um, uh, he'd like um, rob people or attack people. He'd, leave his family and like he'd do all these horrible things yeah you know, just to continue the addiction and it, it's that was really accurate like that that like hit a nerve and watch that and, yeah um 
that's that's one thing that's really hard is trying to help an addict because you can't yeah. you cannot help an addict you can just be there for them when they're ready yeah. to um address it and try and make it better that's when you can be there for them but it's the hardest thing ever hardest thing to go through it but also to see someone go through it as well like i've yeah. seen i've seen some people go through it and you know i've got you know people around me they're going through it at the moment because you want to help but you you, you know can't. that it's it's on them it's on them um and yeah, it's it's such a hard thing to do, and I'd like to be there to be able to help other people because there's this sort of camaraderie you can you can sort of gain with people. Um, I didn't go to as many meetings as I should have, but I did go to a few, and it's that that catalyst of the meeting. You build that trust, you open up. Yeah, like the footy club, like Virtus, you, you can talk to people, um, like-minded people that are going through something similar, and you can work on it together. And yeah, I re- I'd love to. I do that. Other people, awesome. Even yeah, I'm, I'm I cannot wait for placement. I'm not going to get limit. paid. But <laughs> yeah. I'd love to do it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just really exciting, mate. Really exciting. Love your work. Taking mm. almost an hour, so mate, welcome. Uh, welcome. Thank you so much um, for sharing, for coming on. Um, I'm stoked. We finally got to have this chat. Um, is there any resources or anything you, th- you would like to share that you think would be helpful? I think in terms of like the mental health and you know alcohol addiction is just talk about it. Yeah. Like if if you've got a close mate, talk to them about it. Pull them aside. Like say I'm really struggling. And even especially on the alcohol side of things, maybe just have a think think about your own use of alcohol. Like yeah. it can creep up on you, and yeah. like you won't know until when you cannot stop. Like have a think about your own drinking. Even call out your other mates on drinking. Yeah. Don't go. Don't don't be aggressive about it. Yeah. But just get them to think about it like yeah it's such we want a, it to be a choice we want it to yeah we want have the space to be able to go no nah, i don't want to drink today yeah it's such a insidious thing that can sort of and it's crept into culture and it, it's coming out of it now mm. there's so many like non-alcoholic sort of versions yeah. coming out now but it's yeah it can be a huge sort of detriment and you know it's obviously everyone's choice yeah um everyone can you know choose a drink if you can you know I mean, that that word's most control though we need it to be a choice yeah yeah but it's not for me um, and I think if you if you're in the similar sort of mindset of like you can't keep it under control, maybe yeah. it's not for you. Yeah. And I can tell you, it's the best thing I've ever done is not drinking. The amount I've been awesome. able to achieve not drinking. Um, and yeah, just the other thing as well, um, being really respectful. If someone reaches out to you, just yeah. don't listen. talk over them. Just listen to what they're gonna say. Keep them talking. Keep them, you know, keep them on the subject and let them vent as much as they need to. And yeah, I think that's the biggest important part as well. And that, yeah, you can't do it on your own. Love your work. The more people you let in, the better. You're a star. Thanks. Thanks for coming. <laughs> no worries. <laughs>